everybody. Welcome to the new panel show. I don't want to call this anything false reality related because this isn't just me. This is an effort from everybody on here. But let's get to it. Why are we doing this show? We're doing this show because one for one thing, everybody on this on this panel, I respect a whole hell of a lot. I love your guys' opinions. I love that you guys or you're working hard towards your goal of independence and you're doing your damn thing. And I feel like we all kind of vibe out with each other. So I've, I just put together a telegram chat and then everybody kind of filled in the gaps and we put this panel show together that we decided to call feed the beauty. And, uh, I don't know if, uh, anybody wants to go into why we call it that, but it, uh, it was kind of inferring the fact that everybody right now is feeding the beast and, the real thing is getting down home and cooking for yourself, canning, preserving, being the solution. That's what this show is about. It's about solutions. It's about all of us coming together and bringing all of that out, dropping all that conspiracy, black pill, new world order shit, and just everybody vibing out and actually putting solutions out there so that other people can listen and we can kind of go from there. So I figured... Let's all just kind of get together. Um, I don't know who wants to go first, but who are you? Why are you here? What does this panel mean to you? Those kinds of things. Who who wants to jump in first? I guess Hello. we can go. Oh, hi. Go ahead. <laughs> I was like, if we wait long enough. Yeah, uh, I'm Lanny. I'm uh, one half of uh, the World As It Is Today podcast with Chud. I'm the other half. This is Chud X of uh, Into the Apocalypse, and I also have a YouTube channel called Preserving Today, where I make videos about food preservation and making things from scratch in your kitchen, and I'm very excited to be a part of this panel. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, you started out with, uh, it should be a solutions panel, and somebody said we should call it Don't Feed the Beast, and I said, what's the opposite of the beast? Cause we should feed that instead of don't do the bad thing. Let's do the good thing. And then you said beauty. And I was like, Disney, whatever. <laughs> Disney screwed us all. <laughs> but then it actually kind of, I'm like, I like it. Feed the beauty. Yeah. Solutions, solutions almost ins insinuate there's a problem. And while there is, it's like a lot of them are just pretend and, and not something that's right in front of you right now. So to me, getting to sit down and talk about what we're doing in our lives to feel happy and satisfied and prepared and healthy, it's, it's really exciting. And yeah, it's uh, we talk a lot about how we think it's important to not emphasize the negative. Um, when we say feed the beast, like sometimes we'll put it as that uh, God doesn't hear the negative in what you're saying. So when you say, if you if you pray to not get cancer, all, all God's hearing is get cancer. You know, uh, if you're saying don't feed the beast, he says, okay, so we're talking about the beast, you yeah. know, but when we say feed the beauty, he's hearing the, the words of beauty. I like that. I love it. That's beautiful. <laughs> Who else wants to go next? All right. Um, I'm moral Bob from hidden in plain sight podcast. This is my lovely wife. Uh, together we have an Instagram page called That Retro Marriage. We do marriage videos trying to help people stay married and have an awesome marriage. And uh, yeah, we just, we want to get out of this shit too. We want to have security and meet like-minded people and 
You know, that's the reason we want to do this is just that the it's there's enough you get through the the complaining and you, then you're like, OK, now what? Like I've complained about it. I've spotted the problem. I've complained about it. Now what? And so we're in the now what part where it's like, OK, let's just remove ourselves from everything, from this poisonous society and mindset. And that's where you truly get to be free. Oh, sure. yeah. Well said. I, I'll go next. Uh, my name's Adam. Uh, my podcast is Trust the Silenced. Uh, what I do for a living is I'm a farmer, but um, I do more monoculture stuff. But my passion is more permaculture, polyculture. And um, my thought is everybody's like, if you can get to where you're producing all your own food and doing your own thing, you know, like canning your own stuff, slaughtering your own animals, just being self-reliant upon yourself, I think you're going to have a much more fulfilling life. And I think, you know, what we all here strive to do is exactly have a more fulfilling life and the solution-based aspect of it. Like you're saying, Bob, you know, you get to that point to where you, you know, find out all about all these conspiracies and you're black-pilled and it's like, okay, well, now I need to figure out what I'm going to do to get to that next level, you know, to better myself, to change things. And you realize you can't change everybody around you, you got to start with yourself and then bring in like-minded people and other people will eventually find their way. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about myself. Awesome. Am I up? You're up. You're up, Adam. Okay. Hey guys, my name's um, Adam. I do a podcast called Deborah gets red pilled and it has a sub podcast inside that RSS feed called into the apocalypse that I do with Chud X and um yeah i love uh i love talking about solutions i don't have the solution for everybody but i'm trying to figure out the solution for for me and uh luckily most of the people i get to talk to um are seeking out similar solutions so i live on a uh dilapidated 15 acre homestead in northwest oregon that i'm trying to bring back to life um i recently left the the uh, workforce hopefully for good um thanks to my my wife who's really good at her job that she actually likes and um yeah i'm uh i'm just out here i don't i can't believe i, I i'm like listening to a podcast today while i'm putting up fencing because i'm getting a sh- two sheep this weekend and there's like yeah. gro- grown men like yelling about ukraine on the airwaves <laughs> and it's like oh cool i got i got like a freezer of sheep and pork and and a, and a half cow and I'm, I'm getting two more sheep this weekend and i gotta go find some tie wire so this this fence stays upright and find some pallets to build a shelter and you know that's that's my solution so yeah thanks for having me i'm really honored to um be included so thanks guys for sure Fuck yeah dang adam that sounds like a pretty eventful weekend coming up for you that's pretty yeah. good we're it seems like we're all on different levels in our journey and some of you are, I guess, on your forever home. Some of us, like me and you, are we're using this place to kind of learn and grow. So when we do find our forever homestead, we'll be good to go. But um, I don't know where should we where should we begin? Well, Adam kind of helped uh, transition us. Thanks for that segue, Adam. I didn't even realize you were in my mind, but you <laughs> totally segued in because I was going to ask, where is everybody at in their journey? Like where, where are you? Cause some of us, like 
So for example, for Legs and me, we, we came from Southern California. Uh, we lived in a two bedroom, two bathroom town home in Orange County. And that is as like vanilla as you could get <laughs> as it, as it is at the same time. Like you have your DoorDash, you got your like 15 Walmarts, your Costco's, you have everything you need, all your grocery stores, everything's right there. It's just an annoyance being around that many people. And we picked everything up. We left our jobs. And now we are currently in a single wide uh, trailer built from 1976. It was it was not occupied for multiple decades. So it was garbage. And it's just been semi-refurbished. We are covered in ice right now because it's winter. Uh, the snow's probably not going to melt until late April, maybe. And uh, this is apparently the worst winter that this area of Idaho has had since people that have lived here can remember. And so we decided to do that this time. And we're in that situation having like barely grown a garden and started <laughs> composting and barely little pickling. But where is everybody else at in their journey? Because we're shooting towards like being somewhere between where Adam is at and where Lanny and Chud's at. So who wants to go first? Where, where are you at? How far are you into your journey? Oh, we can go. Um, so me and Chud, well, we've been married for 10 years, more than 10 years now. And we did live in a double wide mobile home that was made in the seventies before this on a little piece of property. And that's probably where things started, where we started cook, you know, learning to cook. And I started learning fermentation. We started doing water bath canning. We had a small garden. We raised some hogs. We raised some cow. And then we moved to this place where we're at now. And we're in the basement of the home that your great grandfather built. Right. And this is the homestead of his family for over a hundred years. And so this was two and a half years ago. So 2019. So before uh, the world came to a screeching halt, we moved here with the idea of homesteading and revitalizing it because it hasn't been a working farm for over what, 30, 40 years. Yeah. My, my grandfather considered his retirement in 1978. I was born in 81 and I grew up next door to here, but it was a retired farm. Uh, he had maybe max 10 head of cattle and a big, big family garden, but not, not like crops. And then he was, and he, then he rented out the bulk of the, of the, of the fields, which would be rotated in crops of like uh, peas and corn and things like that. But that was out of our hands that was that was done by different farmers so i spent a lot of time here and i learned a lot of things you know i mean you know just being around cattle is uh is a you know it's it's like being on a farm even if it's not a full working farm and i got my hands dirty in the garden quite a lot my my grandma was into flowers aside from the vegetable garden so there was you know we still have we have roses around here that are 15 feet tall that she had planted what, probably when I was a child or maybe before. And wasn't there some rose bushes from your great grandmother's? And there's other, yeah. there's, there's like wild rose bushes that my great grandmother took care of here. It's actually from that rose bush that I proposed, I took some to propose to Lanny with. Uh -huh. um, and um, yeah, we're very, we're very tied to here in, 
you know, my childhood, but then I moved away. My whole family moved away. My grandfather died. Um, and this house was rented out. The fields continued to be rented out to, to other farmers, to one farmer in particular who monocropped corn on here for 25 straight years. Um, and it wasn't even edible corn. It feed was corn. feed corn for cattle. And um, through a series of events, um, suddenly in 2019, I, and actually, I suppose it would have been the very end of like November, December of 2018. Uh, me and Lanny were talking and um, just things were lining up just right that it was possible that we might be able to try and take over and move out to the old family homestead. And we hit the ground running on that. And by the following May of 2019, is that right? Yeah, we moved in in May of 2019. And then um, the field, fields were still rented out. Contracts were fulfilled. We were kind of stuck here, not being able to do too much. But we went to town on trying to uncover all the barns and things. They had all been completely overgrown by blackberries and other other nasty things that were not that blackberries are nasty, but uh, if you've ever dealt with their canes and their and everything, they're they're not they're not fun to fight. Um, but, uh, but we got through it. I mean, I, now it's, it's amazing when we look back on photos of this place from two and a half years ago to now, it's like, it looks like a different place. Yeah. So we were really at that time in more of a situation of what Adam's in, uh, cause, uh, Deborah get red pilled Adam because he's still just trying to clean up a space that hasn't been used in a while. And so that's where we were then. And, you know, there's already stuff happening in the kitchen. The first year we were canning blackberries, we got chickens. The next year we did row crops and a uh, family's garden. And then this last growing season, we did framed beds. And now out there looking at our beds today, we're like, man, all the work we've put in already, like makes this next year, we're at such a head start now. Like our beds are already there. We just have to figure out where we're putting stuff and start planting. In, in some ways, it's like every year our workload's cut in half, which gives us twice as much we can do because we're not we're not working half as much we're not taking it easy we're we're expanding with so it's all just that all this new stuff to try and, and learn so we're really excited about yep. being here that's awesome yeah that's been that's a pretty big like journey to getting to the homestead part uh one of these days we'll get our own homestead little by little, little, by little. what about you bob yep. and kaylee yeah, so I guess, um, like, I moved out onto a few acres, like, three years ago, and uh, that's what kind of got me started towards the idea of being away from everything. I had gotten to the point to where I just hated people, and I didn't want to be around people anymore, and so when I found this property to rent, I was like, all right, sweet, like, so I don't have neighbors, I don't have to deal with anything, I'm good. Um, and they had chickens on the property. So I got used to getting fresh eggs. I was like, all right, this is cool. And me and the landlord talked about, uh, rebuilding the garden and, you know, the shit storm that we saw coming at the time, even before the coronavirus, just the regular old shit storm that's always heading our way. Um, and we had talked about prepping everything to get it ready for if the shit really hit the fan. And then, um, my lovely wife came into my life and 
she wanted chickens. She came, came in like, Hey, I want chickens. And so when we moved to this house, I, I got her chickens, of course. And then that's just kind of snowballed and we're not super far, but we're getting there. I mean, she's doing some canning and jarring now and pickling and uh, we're making bread and we've got sourdough. We've got almost a dozen eggs a day. So we're, we're on our way to at least food security. That's great. That's perfect. That's exactly what we want. Yeah. So none of our, well, we have one kid that's in public school and that's out of our control at the moment, but we're working on it. But other than that, yeah, we, our plan is to get out, you know, on at least 10, 15 acres and, you know, be completely self-sufficient and off grid at some point in time, hopefully soon. Like completely off grid. I would like to be completely off grid. Maybe like to continue my podcast, I'd have to rent like a studio or something in town with Wi-Fi connection and everything. And then just leave that shit in town. Yeah. You're like no EMFs around me. Right. Yep. Yeah. That sounds like a really good way to go. Yeah, for sure. And Kayla, you actually run a homeschool, correct? I do. Yeah. On top of homeschooling our kids, I homeschool a couple of extras every now and again, we have one full-timer and two part-timers. So we do all the things. Yeah. And she does that juggles like four or five kids in the house at a time while making scratch spaghetti sauce and jarring and pickling. And it's insane. The amount of work she gets done in a day. Right on. That divine feminine yeah. coming out. I feel the same way about my <laughs> wife sometimes. I'm like, will you just sit down? <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible. No. <laughs> it's impossible. They're called our better halves for a reason. That's true. You're yep. right. <laughs> what about you, Adam? I know you mentioned you're a farmer, but what's your what's your journey like? How did you get to this and where you're at right now? So, I mean, my journey to this started at a really young age. I mean, I've been doing ag stuff since I was, since I can remember, since I was a little kid, whether it be, you know, being in the garden with my grandma or going to work with my dad or my grandpa. Um, and I mean, like I said, ever since I was a little kid, I've been, I've been, you know, hands in the dirt doing that kind of stuff, mostly with like crops and trees and stuff like that. Um, you know, a little bit of livestock growing up and not, um, you know, to where I'm super comfortable at this point with larger livestock, like chickens and stuff like that. That's no problem. I can deal with that. But my big goal now is to start getting into, you know, finding some extra pasture land to where I can, you know, get bigger livestock, you know, get cattle, uh, get some goats, sheep, hogs, um, that bigger stuff that way, you know, I have, I mean, like right now I have a stock freezer all the time, but, um, you know, I just kind of want to be able to be more self-efficient myself, not have to rely on, on buddies that I can buy stuff off of, uh, being able to raise it myself, know exactly what it's eating. Um, uh, just kind of that thing. Um, I've been cooking since I was a young kid. Uh, I'm canning with my grandma since I was young. Uh, I just started fermenting, I don't know, maybe, maybe like a year ago. So, um, that one was like, like I, I kind of like barely dipped my toes in and then eventually kind of got more and more comfortable with it. Cause like Lanny was saying uh, is with fermenting, uh, you know, at first you're always kind of worried, like, am I going to kill somebody with this? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you get this weird feeling and then eventually you're like, fuck it. You know, this, if you can eat it, you'll be fine. You know, just try it, taste it. If you, if it's not good, something's going to happen, you know, that's the way it goes. But no, I mean, I feel pretty comfortable with, 
pretty much everything to be self-sufficient except for uh, like slaughtering larger animals and just kind of raising larger animals at this point. So that's like my next big goal. But, you know, anything to do with with gardens, planting, uh, you know, I'm, I've been doing that since I was a kid. So it's kind of second nature at this point. For sure. That's a, that's a gift. I, I, uh, I always thought that like coming up here and visiting during the summer and being around farms and all that kind of stuff at when you're a kid, you're like, this is boring. Cause it's not yeah. cartoons on TV or something, you know, but now I'm like, reg- I'm regretting it heavily. I'm like, man, I should have spent every freaking summer up here. Every 4th of July, I should have been up here learning. And now there's like a huge learning curve. Um, I did want to go into and kind of ask everybody what, topics and things maybe we should cover but before i do adam from Denver gets redfield the other <laughs> you mentioned you're on a you're on a 15 uh acre like homestead that you're kind of re- rehabilitating but you didn't tell us where you came from and i think that's going to help people understand like your change and how you went from where you were at to where you're at, where you're at now yeah yeah um so in uh 2014 i was living in uh deep east oakland and um you know i uh enjoyed city life i never thought that i would um not live in somewhere i like the east bay in the bay area it was kind of cool back then um i met my uh i met my wife in 2014 um probably about a year less than a year after i was uh moved over across the bay living in a one-bedroom apartment um, in San Francisco with her and we thought we had it so good you know we had uh, we had free rent in San Francisco I could take the um, you know the piss covered bus to work and to jujitsu and everything was close we had Whole Foods down the street and all that stuff and restaurants and nightlife and all that and um, you know I uh, I started noticing seeing the writing on the wall about about California and what it was turning into. And, um, I grew up in, uh, Oregon in Portland, Oregon till I was about 15. So one, one weekend I came up here by myself and, uh, visited and, um, yeah, it was great. Um, it was really nice weather. I got honey dicked on that one. And, uh, and, um, I just started looking at house costs, realized I could buy a house in, in, in suburban Portland. And I couldn't do that anywhere in the Bay area or California. Um, even though I had a really good job and, uh, I bought a house, you know, right over in the suburbs, right over the border from Portland and, uh, stayed there for a couple years. And it was awesome. I had a big backyard, big for us, you know, probably normal size backyard, but it was uh, big for, for San Francisco Bay area standards. And, um, you know, the first, uh, first year there, I did a ton of work to get it, um, up to up and running, just getting garbage cleared out of it and cutting trees down and stuff. And then I, um, landscaped it. We put in a bunch of raised beds and had a really, really impressive, um, suburban garden. Um, and then we, uh, we decided to get some chickens. We got five chickens. Um, that turned into eight pretty shortly after that. And, uh, it was good. And then, um, you know, over the past couple years, we saw the writing on the wall again and we're like, we got to get the, get the hell out of here. Um, so we started looking for places, realized our, uh, our house was, was worth a lot of money and, um, put it on the market. And we found, uh, we found this place about an hour Northwest of Portland out in the middle of nowhere. 
in a uh, really um, lightly populated county with a good sheriff and all that stuff, you know, um, non-compliant county in uh, right outside of outside of Portland. So, and um, yeah, we're here. We bought this house from uh, from uh, like this tweaker biker guy, and we've been spending the last six or seven months cleaning trash out of it, digging trash out of the ground, um, and just trying to get it to a spot where we can. Uh, where we can bring it back to life and, and use it for what it was intended. And, um, yeah, the, if you go on my, um, my Instagram, my personal Instagram, um, at all screwed up, you can see what our kitchen looked like when we moved in and, um, it's almost done now. We've been, uh, we've had a contractor doing that and we're getting the house ready and, um, just getting ready for animals and, and all that. And, uh, yeah, it's rad. I get to work out here every day, all day. So, Oh man, living that's the a, life. That's the life right there. I uh, I do miss seeing the piss oven that you guys had for a little <laughs> while there, and then now now you guys have a really nice kitchen. Yeah. So it's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, um, I was in our uh, bedroom and it had like those real like those eighth inch, um, sheets of uh like um wood paneling over the walls. And I just start. I, I was like, okay, I got to tear these off. Maybe, maybe there's something cool underneath it. There's something cool under everything here, you know. It's just buried under asbestos. Um, so I like started. I tore those all down, and now, now our bedroom is like totally empty and down to the studs. <laughs> I, it's like I just, I just go for it. And uh, yeah, like I was there was all these um acoustic tiles on the ceiling, and I was tearing those off. And I tore one off, and there was like a hole circular hole underneath it um that must have had some sort of vent in it back in the day and uh i got showered with like four inches of mouse shit from the attic just on my head but um yeah i tore off all this old um tongue and groove boards off the walls and there's like no insulation in the walls but there's like a sheet of of uh newspaper from 1932 like glued to the inside of the wall not even like crumpled up in balls just like one sheet glued to the exterior wall of the house from the inside it's it's rad it's uh the old old issues of the oregonian which is the portland newspaper and then the saint Helens sentinel which is like the the um local newspaper and there's like advertisements for old dairies and and the movie theater and stuff it's pretty awesome Hilarious. oh man that's crazy <laughs> i uh I wonder, I don't think we have any insulation here. We should probably tear it up because we'll probably have like 1976 newspapers stuck in the wall as well. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, I did want, because I, I, I'm not super strong with everything and I feel like everybody here, it's like, this is like a union of like Captain Planet. We're all going to like <laughs> bring our forces together and combine into a super group where we're going to understand homesteading and self-sufficiency a lot better me personally i've never fermented i want to ferment lanny i need to watch your videos and understand it a lot better it it freaks me out like you said adam because i'm like i could kill somebody so i would rather me eat it first and if i died then people know don't eat that thing but that freaks me out and animal husbandry freaks me out a little bit because other than chickens which seem fairly simple and uneasy to understand if you're like entry level adam's getting sheep like i would love to get sheep i would love to get rabbits i would love to do all that kind of stuff but i 
have a lack of knowledge there. Does anybody here have animal husbandry knowledge that you feel like you could pass that off to the listeners and to everybody else here, maybe teach a clinic on it? Chickens are super easy. You just got to do it. And like, um, I know like when you had, had my wife and I on your show, we talked a bunch about chickens and it seemed like you guys were confused when we were talking about it, but like we were both there, you know, a couple years ago and we started, they're just, they're easy. And it's one is the same as having 15. It's not any harder. You just got to give them more food. Um, but yeah, it's, that's easy. And I think that's the, the best way to start. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Chickens are definitely the best place to start. Um, my first experience were, was hogs at our last place. We didn't have enough space. In, and... in all of our previous, we had hogs. Well, we had chickens too, but hogs and, and cattle. We were not ready. <laughs> we, we jumped in head first without, because in, in both cases, we didn't actually make the decision. We live next door to a crazy race car driver who happens to be Lanny's dad. And he was really excited that we wanted to do things like raise animals. So he, he, ra- he races up. he races funny cars, doesn't he? He races yeah. wheel standers. Wheel yeah, it's fucking next yeah. level. Nice. Um, so he likes to start a lot of projects and uh, walk away from them, like literally walk away. Yeah. So he came back. He came home with his race car trailer full of something that was squealing. And he said, you guys wanted hogs and there wasn't fences. And he just had some hot wire and Chud's put help and put up hot wire on like stuff. That's not even stuck in the ground all the way. And he unloaded uh, 35 wiener pigs into (laughs) this little crappy shed thing that could have been called a barn like 30 years ago. And we were, I was like, like a panic attack. I have it you know, anxiety sometimes, but no one could give me more anxiety than my own father. So it it was intense, but quickly we started to, his plan always is to buy more than you need. And then you sell some of them and that pays for itself. So he sold a bunch of the wiener pigs to other people. Wiener pig just means they're weaned. So they're no longer on their mom's milk. So they're eating feet. So like as young as you can get them when they're not still with their mom. So they're adorable, but they grow really quick and they run really fast and they dig like crazy and root around and everything. So I think we ended up having 10 there, maybe eight. And, uh, my dad quickly just kind of got bored with it and started, you know, he bought another property to repair and, and wasn't ever home. And Chud worked a lot and I had a new baby. Uh, and so I would look outside and all of a sudden I'd see pigs running across our fucking yard in the middle of the like we lived in downtown of a town that was only 200 people so there wasn't there we had neighbors close but it wasn't like busy roads or anything but like i'd have neighbors come and help me and i got really good like i'd have i leave a broom on the porch so i could extend my reach to make myself bigger i run outside and you get around them and try to like kind of herd them in a way that to get them back in their enclosure i'd get that closed and then the, they would go back out wherever they had gotten out the first time it was just it was a mess and then they're getting bigger and then my dad had a guy well when they when dairy cows are born if they're male they're often just euthanized because they're not going to use them for dairy or given away and so he got four jersey cows um 
to because they couldn't be used for milk. So then we had um, it was the same same situation. He showed up with a trailer, and we still had some fences from the hogs, but they were not. But were the hogs already gone? The hogs were gone. Oh yeah, no, it was the middle of a snowstorm. It was winter. It was not the time to get animals. So they weren't going to go on pasture anyway. So he put them into this barn that wasn't, it was only closed on three sides. So there was one open side and we was like bales of hay. And I and, thought they were going to die. And, and the we water was freezing. In and, the dark, in the snow, hammering boards across this opening, just trying to keep them in. Uh, you know, like this, I don't recommend getting animals on this. Don't do it, it this it, way. Like, like just okay, let's go get the animals, bring them back and figure out where to put them. You know, I, I, I recommend putting a little more thought Just into it than that. But for real, it's less than it's, it can feel, he, he really helped me by pushing me into the pool. Right. And he literally because, did that to me. Because when I, I would have, I would have spent, I'm doing it right now here. I'm spending a lot of time preparing things for something that's going to happen in the future. Whereas if we live next door, if he lived next door to us here, we would have all, I would have more fences and more animals than I could handle because he would be bringing them home and just saying here. And we would, the thing is we jumped to attention when the, when he would show up with these things and we made it work. And if you do jump in, you'll make it work. If you, if you have the drive, if you're, if you're willing to put in the work, we, that needs we learned to be done. a lot, but it definitely was kind of like your full-time job was putting out fires rather than planning and growing that was the full-time job on top of the full-time job yeah, he also too, had a full-time job. you know, um, it's, uh, I, I, I do recommend putting some planning into it for sure, but you gotta, you just gotta do it at some point right. and, it, and you, you know, you don't want anything to die because you neglected it. That's, that's a very negative thing that's going to impact you. And it, you know, I, you know, you want to avoid that, but chances are anybody who's sitting here on this panel, I think that if someone just showed up at any of our houses, even you butt legs and Buffalo in your, in your temporary home that you're in, if someone just showed up and they said, this cow, we're going to shoot it or we're going to leave it with you. You could take it and you would, you would make it work that night, even though you yeah. don't have anything, you know, you don't know what you're doing. You'll, you'll make that cow's life better than it would be if it was just euthanized right then and there and right. be done. Yeah. There's a lot of resources out there. Obviously we're all still connected to the internet. So there's tons of pages of people's opinions, but you can also find some good sources. And if you can find some, a website that, you know, you can trust a little bit because there is a lot of different, you know, opinions and information. Um, there's a lot of great websites on chick raising chickens. And then for like hogs, they eat like anything. And so we found, um, places that would donate the food they were going to throw away mm -hmm. so uh, chud had an in at a, a cookie and granola factory a that granola factory worked at. we got all their floor sweepings for free yeah and like oftentimes they would like miss uh like they would m make a mistake oh, yeah. when they were like mixing a whole batch of something and we'd just get bucket after bucket of like perfectly good granola that was one ingredient short of what they normally made and um and we're talking like whole almonds like chia seeds coconut like it was this like nutritious organic breakfast cookie place and they made granola and so it was like these pigs were eating good and then my dad who is an agorist without knowing it and wheels and deals had a friend who got costco's um 
stuff that they couldn't keep. And he couldn't pick it up every week because it was too much for him. So That's like started... on uh, Tiger King when they were eating the Walmart yeah oh yeah i was like that's still a good steak like i remember because we would pick through that shit first and then that's when i started canning fruit first just because mm-hmm. if the if costco has you know their fruit comes like in a cardboard box and it's like a tray of them if one of the peaches is moldy they throw away the whole thing so there'd be like 20 what? fine peaches inside of this crate so then yeah we're throwing those to the the pigs but then we're also starting to can stuff and i made like avocados there was like just boatloads of guacamole like you'd never seen before but there's there's resources out there if you've ever worked in a restaurant or you know people in town that do just ask them hey what do you do with your food waste can we bring you some buckets and you set it on the floor and instead of throwing your your food waste in a garbage can you throw it in this bucket and i pick it up every day you know and and, you know and in the case of the granola place they actually they had because they use like peanut butter in five gallon buckets and they were more than happy to just to give it to us in these buckets. They're like, sweet, we don't fill up our dumpster with all these empty buckets now. Right. You know? So then we had a ton of five-gallon buckets with nice-fitting lids. And then we were having people come over and buy buckets from us, too. Yeah. Then we sold the buckets empty on the back buckets. end. It yeah, was great. For a couple of bucks each. Wow. And so yeah. there's just, I mean, you got you can figure it out as you go. And I think if you're going to figure out something as you go, yeah, we probably should have, chickens should have been first. You know? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> and chicken, they were, they were, but... they were, but I, we weren't really involved in the chickens. They just kind of lived on my dad's porch on his barbecue. And I was like, are you supposed to do something like put them away? Oh, they're fine. You know, it was, it was great. But now we've got what? 20, how many chickens do we have? 25? Uh, no, we're, called, we're 28. I think 28, we 28 and two roosters. And two, we got 30 birds. Two roosters. And when we first started, we got seven and, uh, we got them too young and we didn't understand how to tell if they were roosters. And then, no, we got eight and we had six roosters and two hens out of that. So then we're like, what are we going to do with all these roosters? Well, we observed them and we learned a lot about why you don't want to have too many roosters. And then eventually we used those as practice to process so that we got practice um, slaughtering our own animals and we use them for broth and, and stewing chicken it's just there's just all these steps you know you can't really tell what's gonna what opportunity comes up you just have to say yes sometimes and and see those things you know just get excited about learning about something go for it for sure bob it seems like you 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 took a different route you went the unprepared route is that is that what you did uh, well yeah kind of i mean like she said she wanted chickens so i just went and got chickens like it was completely just like okay we'll figure it out i'll just get chickens and a couple of the things that we need with chickens like feed and a heat lamp and like okay that's fine you know because we got chicks um and that that turned out pretty well we started with five now we have 21 um but i told her that i like goats and so she got me a goat never get (laughs) a single male goat don't ever get a, a male goat you can have a single goat, but make sure it's a female um, because male goats will end up ramming your children and <laughs> they end up spraying their little nastiness all over the place, everywhere as they mature. If you don't clip them and I didn't want to clip them because I wanted to get a female eventually and have them have babies and it just got really nasty really fast and we had to get rid of them. Um but now we have, she wanted a rabbit. So I got her a rabbit. Uh, yeah. So that's been our journey so far. 
So, so, so Bob's doing the opposite route, and then Lanny and Chad, you guys kind of had to do that route because you didn't really have a choice. It was that or let all the animals die. So now I'm feeling like we're like we're being overly prepared and cautious. Like oh, maybe yeah. we should just order chickens and see what happens. Well, yeah, I thought that's what we. Well, that, in no. my mind, I thought that's what we were going to do. No, but. we were planning this shit out. I mean, like, I was taking <laughs> advice from Adam. I was taking advice from you, Lanny, and Chud, and, and Moral Bob. You guys told us everything about chickens, and we were, we've were we been doing all this research. We finally decided on the chickens we actually want to get. But then the problem is, apparently, like, if you order it, they'll they'll get there, like, within a, a few days. So... It's it's gonna be yeah, my birthday actually, in April. Actually, they they ship chicks as soon as they hatch. Yeah, and chicks can survive off their own yolk sac for like I don't know forty eight hours before they need food or water. Mm. So they have to ship them in that window where they don't need food or water. And then when you get them, they're thirsty and hungry. And then if you're getting chicks that way that are shipped, you want to read about crusty butt. What do they yeah. call it? Is that pasty butt? Pasty pasty butt. butt. Yeah, so like their poo gets crusty on their vent and they can't go to the bathroom and then they'll get back up, backed up until they die. So oh you just got to like soak them in a little dish of warm water and kind of scrub that off. You do that yeah. once or twice and you then they're good as new. Q-tips work good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Q-tips, like, a little Vaseline can help too to, to kind of get it to yeah. unstick a little bit. We've never had that problem with chicks that we've hatched here. We've only had that problem from chicks that were shipped um, that we bought from the store. We'd hatched a handful of chicks and we kind of felt like we knew what we were doing. Then we were like, Hey, let's go buy some fancy ones. Like, like we, we got this. And then every one of them, well, maybe not every one of them, Almost but uh, most of them, I, I had to get chunks of poop off of their butt at, at least once, if not a couple times, cause it would happen again. That's when I started using the Vaseline. A little Vaseline at the end really helped it not happen again. There might even, I don't know, maybe there's reasons not to do it, but maybe it would even be a good idea to put a little Vaseline on all of them as they come into your home. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah, and then you can keep them inside at first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, that's all those little things. Like, you're going to be watching those chicks because you care and you're excited. So mm-hmm. you're going to see those things that they come up, and you're going to have us or other friends to ask or people on the Internet or, or, or you know, websites. So it just kind That's of true. learning as you go, but also, you know, putting a little forethought in is good too. There's, there's a middle there somewhere. So not like we shouldn't go get like 500 pounds of chicken feed, like right now we should just get that the feed. Yes. Overkill. Yeah. You should do that yeah, because the prices price are really only going up, going up on that. <laughs> it's always like you buy a lot of whatever you do. Cause you're just saving yourself money tomorrow. Cause it's going to be more money later. Does chicken yeah. feed go nope. bad? Well, you can get rodent problems. Rodents. Yeah, get rats yeah. In it. And you can get things to start to sprout or grow mold in it. Sure, yeah. Sure. So you have to keep it dry and, um, you know. Hey, I got a suggestion. Uh, rats can get it. What's your because, suggestion? Um, the feed store, there's like this fancy Portlandia feed store on the way into Portland for us. And um, they have the kind of feed that we want. Um, go to your Do local. You scratch and peck? Yeah. Scratch and peck? Yeah. Go to your local feed store and ask them if you can buy a pallet. They'll probably give you a deal and ask them if you can keep it there and pick it up as you need it. Cause that's what the place we buy from does. We bought a pallet. It's like 1200 bucks would have been 1500 bucks to buy, buy them all at store price and they keep it there. It's not, it's not like we have a pallet with our name. They just have like whatever, 50 bags of feed for us, you know? And they just mark it off as you pick them up and see yeah. what's going, right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's a rad idea. 
Dang. Is that so? That's a that is that more like a smaller store? It's definitely not a chain farm store. I'm yeah, assuming. I doubt Tractor Supply will do that for you, but I no, bet you there, yeah. I bet you there's a local feed store by you that you should support anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah there is. actually is a, a feed store that mm. rolls their own oats. They do all that stuff. We yeah. can we should hit them up for that. Yeah, that's a good. Idea. Yeah, pallet at a time. You you paid how much, Adam? They gave us like fifteen percent off. I don't know. I think it was like twelve hundred bucks we paid, but it would have been like fifteen or something like that. That's without the good. discount so and then if you good. think about it if you if you decide chickens aren't for you or if your whole flock gets taken out by wild turkeys <laughs> then oh, then no. you can just sell the rest of that feed <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be selling some wild turkeys if they took my chickens out, I'm telling you. <laughs> adam did you ferment your feed for your chickens yeah we ferment it every day for for like three day fer- ferment or how long do you ferment yeah we for? got a three-day cycle so we have three jars at a time going Okay. You're like starting one every day and then finishing one every day. Yeah, yeah we, like we pour rotate. off the we pour off the water from the one that we're using, and then we use that as the starter for the new day. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, that helps kind of expand the feed too if you ferment it because you can feed them a lot longer with what you have. So yeah, that's there's better. no digestion. Uh, yeah, there's no runny shit. It's mm-hmm. all solid. And if I can, you're like, getting, I can if... pick it up with my hand. <laughs> and you do that all the time, right? How's it, ta- I, how's it taste though adam i'm covered i'm i've ingested probably a lot of chicken shit like i'm covered i'm doing the, i'm doing the joel salatin immune immune system protocol it's, a, right. it's a lifestyle it's Protocol. a lifestyle we get into it yeah. that's how you prevent covid yeah that's what i've heard just smear chicken shit all over your body or, or any avian avian flu that the orient sends our way yeah. or maybe that's how it was started i can't remember whatever it's one or the other I thought it was people making out with chickens. <laughs> that's weird. They are. That, that, so that seems weird. really uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, um, From I this think, point uh, forward, let's say making love to chickens. Okay, it just sounds yeah. nice. I think if you meet a bunch of, I bet you there's a bunch of cool local Mormons that'll show you guys how to how to raise um, bigger stuff. Like I'm not. I didn't just like find sheep. On, I, I mean, I look. That's what I do. I on in my spare time, I half watch TV and half cruise Craigslist farm and garden. Yep. And um, you know, we did. I I put it out there in our in our uh, Telegram group that we we're doing um Azure grocery um delivery service, which is a really cool um oh Azure standard resource. Yeah. yeah. And um, so the lady who sets up the drop where we go pick up our stuff is like this super Christian homesteader lady. And, um, she invited us out to her homestead to check out her, her sheep. She off, she has, uh, she pastures, not really producing grass right now. She needs to fatten up a couple sheep cause she wants to do a, um, a workshop where they slaughter and break down sheep for people. And she, I told her at the drop that I wanted sheep or that I wanted to maybe buy a lamb from her, a slaughtered lamb. And uh, she texted me like later that week and was like, Hey, we've got, we've got this lamb. That's a little bit undernourished. Um, Would you want to buy it from us? Fatten it up for six weeks. Then we'd use it in the, in the workshop. You guys could come for free and then you won't have to pay a butcher price or anything like that. So I'm, I'm jumping in that way. I got really lucky. But yeah. um, I wouldn't just do it on my own. Without, I mean, I oh, would eventually. Somebody that's experienced too. That you, you know, there's a phone call away if you have questions, and 
that's really exciting. That's an awesome yeah. way to learn. Yeah, and it's really cool. And it's just like meeting people like that. No, it was a it was a cool uh, synchro because a while back I'd found um, a listing for a bunch of people that were selling uh, Idaho pasture pigs, and um, they had at the end of their ad like, if you ever want to come out and look at our homestead and learn about Idaho pasture pigs, we're like uh, advocates for the breed. Um, text us and we'll we'll get you out here. And um, so I sent a text and was talking with the woman for a while. And then we kind of just stopped talking, but that's, that's who it ended up being. It was that lady. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That's that's weird. That's yeah. Nice. yeah. Yeah. So oh, cool. Man. That's so crazy. Yeah. I, the thing with where we're at now, it's so much easier from where we were at in California is like, you want to talk to people here because everybody here is a farmer or they work on a farm or a ranch. So you never know what the connections you can get. So we'll have to link up with people and definitely our, our dairy lady at least because she's really already into her homestead she has it all set up so even if we just go over there and learn from her that'd be pretty cool um i did want to kind of before we wrap things up i i want to put this out there my goal for this panel is just all of us meet once a month and we can go into different topics. Uh, I would I would love to hear everybody's experiences, trade stories. If you guys have like a, a cool anecdote or a story, like I just love to hear from you guys. And other than that, I, I just I think if we put our minds together, each episode if we do go into topics, I think we'll tackle everything, and and all of us will learn from it, and people listening to it will learn from it. But who who has different goals? What is everybody's goal? Um, let's kind of just go around for for this uh, panel show. What's, what's your goal for this? Well, I think Uh, the, the main, the main goal for all of it is food security period. You know, I mean, like in, in, in one way or another, I think that's what we're all here to talk about is food security. And there's, there's 500 different angles that we can talk about that as a, as a, as a concept. And, uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see this develop as something where it's like every episode you could say the topic was food security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's uh for me, it's community. Um, I'm like Bob, you know, I have a disdain for 99% of the human race and um, you know, getting into the podcast world is, has actually connected me with people that I have, a, you know, that I would actually want as friends and want in my life and, makes it easier to, to take into people. the apocalypse yeah take into the apocalypse and uh it's right it's great you know i met lanny and chud x from from doing stuff with monica perez and um i have no doubt in my mind that i'll meet all you guys face to face you know soon so um yeah i want to uh you know food security goes right hand in hand with with community as well so yeah that's my goal yeah, that's that's our main thing is is independence and food security. And for this panel, this is like a uh, it's like a digital intentional community, right? Where we help each other out and share, and you know, let let people you know follow our experiences and maybe learn something from it, so they can they can start their own stuff or get the courage to you know take that first step and get chickens or or plant a garden. You know, and then, you know, it just, it'll show our journey, especially once a month. That's a, that's a big amount of time. So a lot of things can change in that period of time. So you get to see how people are doing, which is going to be awesome. Like, I'm really looking forward to all of it. So thanks for having us, man. This is great. 
for sure. So for me, my big thing is I like I want to help everybody, you know, become more self-efficient on what they want to do with their lives. You know, food security is a big one. Like Adam said, I for I've connected with more people through this than I have in, you know, my, my everyday life, because I have a pretty small network of friends. Like I'm pretty like guarded on who I let in. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people like it's, you just don't want to listen to the bullshit. You know, everybody wants like it's superficial shit they want to talk about. And I feel like with this community, it's more of, you know, the community that I like to be a part of, you know, it's, it's better conversations. It's, you know, it's, it's just a better feeling for me. So, um, like, like I've said, it's a community thing, you know, it's food security, it's, you know, sharpening your skill sets. It's, it's, you know, all encompassing type of thing for me. For sure. Yeah. I had really thought about what, what this would mean to me. What does a solutions panel look like? What does it mean? And I think there's so many different angles we could go at and there's an an infinite amount of topics that we could talk Mm -hmm. about. And we kind of jumped right into animals, but there's so like, if you're living in an apartment in a city right now, then getting chickens uh, or getting, you know, cattle is not, it's not on the table, but growing sprouts in a mason jar on your kitchen counter is mm-hmm. My, so i think there's every all of us started somewhere and for all of us it started with questioning the systems realizing they were flawed wanting to opt out of those and then where do you start well you start with whatever piques your interest whatever skill set you have whatever uh you resources you have available to you so when i'm helping people when they're asked, when people come to my house and I do a workshop, uh, they often don't know anything about fermentation and they're scared they're going to poison themselves. And I say, you know what? I was totally scared of poisoning myself too. Like when I started this, you know, 12 years ago or whatever, and I didn't ever poison myself. So here's what I learned when I was, was researching. And then people ask me questions that I might not know the answer to. And then I am still continuously learning about fermentation, like as I go and from other people's experiences and from them asking questions. So it's just kind of like we come together here and we bring whatever's on our mind or whatever we're interested in. We tell stories about, you know, when we learned something or how something came up in our life or, you know, how we got here. I think um, people might find value in that. And then hopefully we'll, and I think all of us will get value from each other as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm vibing, I'm vibing with all of you right now. Yeah, it's like if I think about, you know, like food security, community, and encouraging people to want to do these things. It's like it's that's that's what this really is. It's like we want to encourage people who aren't doing something about this, who see the problem. They want to do something about it. Find community and execute a plan. And yeah, like, maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's lonely when you're there and when you know, everything's wrong and you don't know what to do, it's lonely and scary and it feels really crappy. And it's easy to just think all of this is too big. I can't do anything. I'm in a, I'm in an apartment or I'm in a shitty house. I don't have the right yard. I don't have enough money. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. I've my, I grew up eating at McDonald's, you know, there's I just, just bought a homestead and I have too much to do. There's, and there's that too. Yeah. It's just one thing at a time, you know, one thing. And that's why I always say it's like, I don't set out to be, you know, this is my new obsession. It just kind of happens. And then I really dig into one thing until I feel like I know it well. And then you don't start juggling 
sick i don't know anything about juggling but i'm gonna make an analogy anyway you don't start juggling like six balls at the same time you, you put like two in the air then you add the third the third one and then you get a fourth and you, then you get really cool you got a bunch of them so it's kind of like little by little knowledge adds on and it doesn't at first it feels like it takes up a lot of your time and a lot of your mental space. Maybe you're dreaming about it. Like sourdough was for me last month, like obsessively, like in my dreams, like counting hours until it was time to bake from when I started my dough. So it's like, now I know how to do that. And it's more of this rhythm. And now I'm baking once a week and I'm adding these other things that I'm learning, you know, and it's just little by little, like we, I hope that people can be inspired by this to just pick like one thing and try to do that. And then, if you like it, make it part of your routine and then pick another thing and keep going. Yes. For sure. Well, little little by little, I think we'll tackle each topic that we can kind of all come at it from different angles, maybe. Um I definitely think we'll we'll pick a topic for next time and kind of keep it centered on on a thing and everybody can throw what they what they want into that project and and bring that knowledge out in front of everybody. But for the first show, I think it wasn't too bad. We kind of introduced everything, and I feel like unless anybody else has anything they want to bring up, this would be a good time for everybody to promote their shows. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, I just want everybody to know, and part of me promoting is I'm going to do my first online fermentation workshop on the second Sunday of April, so that's uh, April 10th. And I think it's going to be... Two, yeah, two o'clock Pacific time. No, one o'clock Pacific time. Yeah. See, I'm so organized. I have it already. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of wing it because I haven't done it online before. Usually I have people over and we're, we're working with our hands together. But I would really love to see at least some of you, if not all of you there with me. And if anyone's listening that wants to join just Greener Postures at ProtonMail.com or get at me on Instagram at Greener Postures and um, we'll sign up and make that time to just talk about why you don't have to be scared of your food and how to like make some stuff that sits on your counter for a while and then tastes better and is more nutritious than when it started and make that food last longer. Let's do that now. Let's learn that now so that when gardens are growing or produce is cheap at the store, you can start to put stuff in jars and make it last a really long time. For sure. I will be, be there. Yeah. yeah. For sure, I'm gonna awesome. I, I'm gonna put that in the in the notes whenever I release this as well because that yeah Sweet. I'm gonna put all your guys' information in the notes because I think like we're all taking a little piece of this puzzle and we're gonna help each other out. So besides that, the world as it is today, right? Yeah, we just had a new episode drop today. We talked about what learning versus being educated. Uh, learning versus being taught learning versus teaching yeah. I think is, is what we what we ended up calling it yeah the world as it is today where we're talking about the most punk rock thing you can talk about today which is raising a family <laughs> being um, married and like have a kid or it, two yep or seven raising families in this crazy upside down world that we live in and you also have your preserving today youtube mm-hmm and you can find me uh, with Adam at Deborah Gets Red Pill doing Into the Apocalypse. Yeah, and for preserving today, I mentioned growing sprouts on the counter. That was my latest video that came out today. So if you haven't checked it out, I just go through the six days it took to grow some sprouts in a jar on my counter until you got to eat them. And it was fun and tasty and very rewarding. Nice, for sure. 
Bob, you want to go? Yeah, sure. I'm Moral Bob. This is, again, my amazing wife, Kaylee. Um, I have Hidden in Plain Sight is my podcast. You can find it anywhere. Um, I think I've had all of you on my show. So <laughs> uh, uh, you can find me wherever you find everybody else's show. And Kaylee manages our her Instagrams at at the retro at that retro marriage at that retro homeschool yeah she's got like 16 pages but they're all linked together so you can find her on instagram um and you know my son is just begging to be on a podcast and that's that's the main reason we are wanting to do all of this right is is for the children for our kids specifically is to show them hey this is how you get you know real freedom, real security is you get a strong community and you have skills, right? That's, that's the way to do it. Don't rely on anybody. So that's my main message is don't rely, don't rely on anybody. For sure. Yep. Agreed. All right. Whichever Adam wants to go first. I'll go. Um, I'm Adam from trust the silence. Uh, that's my podcast. You can find it on all the platforms. Uh, also on Instagram at trust the silence. Uh, you know, check it out. I've been kind of slacking on my episodes lately. Been having some internet issues, but we're back up and going. So we're going to be putting some more out here real soon. So yeah, go check it out, guys, if you want, and let me know what you think. Thank you. Yeah, and Adam will be talking to you this Saturday. For sure. Totally yes. Looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah, me too. Nice. I'm the other Adam. Um, Deborah gets red pilled podcast on um, YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and all that shit. Um, and then uh, Chud and I do Into the Apocalypse under that RSS feed for the real weird stuff. So we're not talking about Ukraine. We're talking about some other stuff. <laughs> deep conspiracies and cryptids. Yeah. <laughs> real deep shit. We're, t- we're getting mostly into, yeah, cryptid erotica. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all about. That is significantly more important than Ukraine. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Sexy Bigfoot is <laughs> no way joke. More it really is. <laughs> is, it, is this the romance novel? I'm in love with Bigfoot. Is this what we're talking about? Yes. Um, mostly uh, seduced by Bigfoot, ravaged by the Yeti. That's my yeah. favorite title. It gets <laughs> a lot deeper than that, but yeah. <laughs> oh shit! I'm gonna I'm gonna need to listen to episodes that talk about this because this is this is some heavy shit. All right, and then for for the two of us, I'm Buffalo. And I'm like, I just muted there. And we're False Reality Check. Um, you can find us on falserealitycheck.com, on Rockfin, and everywhere podcasts are available. I thank you guys for coming on and spending time together. I think this is like cathartic for me. I, I feel like having a community, uh, Adam, you said it, 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 that's what it's all about. Some Some place that you can go to where you feel at home with the people that you're around and you can share ideas and not feel like people are going to laugh at you because you don't know what you're talking about. None of us really know what we're talking about. We're just trying to figure it out as we go. So with that being said, this is the first episode of Feed the Beauty and uh, hope everybody listens and likes it and all that kind of stuff. But we'll be releasing it on different feeds. So catch it on one of our feeds, everybody. But thank you guys. Yeah, thank you all. Thank you all. Till next month. Yeah. Thanks. Peace. Awesome. That was.
That's a lot easy. I don't have an outro, so I'm like, I, I could only get the intro done. <laughs> you did well with it. I, I really like the video's rad. I really like the vibes of this whole thing. Like, I feel yeah. really comfortable talking about these subjects with you guys. Um, like, I, I, I think this has a lot of potential. Yeah. Same. Here. Well, we're all at different levels. We all see things from different.